0: This is Channel Attitude. Your voice. Your right. Your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Hello everyone and welcome back to an all new episode of the Talks with Taylor Hendricks podcast with yours truly exclusively on Russo'sBrand.com with Channel Attitude. Today I am wearing my Epic Skillet t-shirt. It has seen legit better days. I think there's like a hole or something. Um, The reason why I decided to wear this epic tee today is because of the new uh, Netflix series that just came out about Ohio Valley Wrestling, Um, also known as OVW, where the motto is tomorrow's superstars today. Um, I am so excited. I had no idea about this project, but I am super stoked for everyone involved honestly, I've made no secret of crediting a lot of my goals and a lot of things that should have taken me down but didn't. Um, I relate all of that back in credit Ohio Valley Wrestling for that. Some of the best training I ever had in my entire career came from Ohio Valley Wrestling with uh, people like Rip Rogers, Danny Davis, Al Snow. Um, yeah, it just completely, the value of that whole entire experience was immeasurable. Um, bad and good, good and bad, and just it's just really, really amazing. And why that relates to this t-shirt is because um it was uh, we trained every single weekend with Rob rogers every saturday and sunday especially when i first got there um and you had house shows during the week you had tv tapings every wednesday and you also had house shows on the weekends and of course the first saturday of the month was the big pay-per-view the saturday night special so it was such a crazy awesome um dedicated schedule in every saturday and sunday i would be wearing this shirt <laughs> to training everybody would always joke like oh it must be training day because i would be wearing my my Favorite skillet t-shirt. So it was either always Skillet or my t-shirt from the band Red. Uh, so <laughs> it's actually really funny to me. So I wanted to wear that today and kind of just celebrate with everybody who's a part of that. Um, I think more people need to be getting on the OVW train, especially now. Like it looks so much more polished and... Uh, professional and just looks absolutely incredible. Um, I think if you have the ability to be a part of it, you really should. Um, But hey, don't take it from me to each their own, I guess. Um, last week, I had such a blast getting to do just a whole episode dedicated to your Q&A questions. And it was kind of my way of giving back to all of the people that subscribe to my YouTube channel and interact on a weekly basis with me on that platform. I know you guys have so many different wrestlers that you can follow on like Twitch and Kick and Instagram and, and threads, whatever that is, I don't even really know, and Twitter and, and all kinds of other like websites and different things. So I like to incentivize and give back to each one of my platforms. That's why sometimes before I even post on Twitter, you'll see something first on Instagram and I'll, you know, have, you know, little incentives uh, for people on my YouTube channel where they get things first and exclusives and so forth. So I had so much fun doing that. And I had such insanely awesome feedback uh, about last week's episode that I decided to, to do it again this week. I need to slow down because I'm going so fast. I'm like. I just, I like what I do. So it is what it is. Uh, No hate, no shade. So today we are going to ditch our normal platform yet again, and we're going to do another episode dedicated to you on my YouTube channel with Q&As. So if you want to get in on all the fun and awesomeness that is Q&As with Taylor Hendricks, then here's what you're going to want to do you can get your question potentially featured on this podcast, Talks with Taylor Hendrix," which airs every Tuesday with RussesBrand.com, And you also get the chance to be featured on my YouTube channel for weekly Q&As with Taylor Hendrix. So what you're going to want to do is hit the link on one of the sides here, go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Taylor Hendricks, hit the subscribe button and the notifications button, scroll down to the latest Q&A video, Hit that thumbs up and then comment your question in the comments below that video for your chance to be featured on both my podcast and my YouTube channel. It's a twofer and it's awesome. And I love the unique ability to interact with you all and then get other members of the Taylor Army to interact with your questions as well, which to me is a cool bonding experience with my fan base because I genuinely feel like I have the best fans, bar none, in the entire wrestling industry. I also want to know, what do you guys think of my makeup this week? Because I did something new and I kind of like it. Um, it's a little... It's less, which to me, less is more. And I like that because I just hate that feeling of makeup like all over your face. I just, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Um, I look at some women. I'm like, wow, you are stunning. But how do you do that? I would be like, I don't know, peeling back my face like it's the clown or something. I don't know. I just, I maybe it's because I grew up in a very tomboy household. We were not, well, me in particular, we were not allowed to wear makeup. Um, you know, I, I got grounded every time I tried to wear mascara or just like a basic black eyeliner. Uh, you know, I, it, it was, it was a phase. It was a lot. Um, so maybe it would be different, but nevertheless, I digress. Here we go. We're going to dive right on in. I think there's like 20 something questions as I just got ink on myself. Um, so let's dive right on in. Let's not waste any time you want to get in on this. Here's what you're going to want to do. Head on over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ad Taylor Hit the subscribe button, the notifications button, scroll down to the latest Q&A video, hit the thumbs up there, comment your question in the comments below for your chance to be featured today on this podcast, as well as my YouTube channel. We're going to head out on our first break in a second. When we come back, we have got an all new Q&A just for you. Uh, be sure to check out Lucha Patron live in Petaluma, California. On October 14th, Samurai Del Sol will be back. It's the debut of Drago, uh, myself, Big Fonz, RJ Santos, Super Mex Hernandez, Lucha Underground star, Ricky Mandel, who is also the cruiserweight champion, and so many more incredibly talented people. Don't miss it. Lucha Patron, Petaluma, California, October 14th. Tickets are on sale now with luchapatron.com slash tickets. Man, I really do seriously need some help with this audio. So if anybody knows how they can like teach that very simply, I think I'm going to have to go on to YouTube University and learn some tutorials because my... (laughs) I broke my microphone that was attached to like a USB an audio cable thing that goes into the device and, um, that didn't work great. There was a lot of feedback about that. You guys were not shy about that. Um, you know, and I don't know just the audio just, it's not my forte. I need some help with that. Um, and I am looking for a new microphone as well as, um, one of those screen readers and all kinds of stuff, but, uh, you know, we, we got to take it one step at a time. So I do apologize if the audio seems weird. It almost seems like, you know, your basic cable cable access, like a basement. <laughs> broadcast. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right. No more self-deprecating talk. Here we go. Brand new Q and a just for you guys. I am super excited. I hope you join me. Don't forget to subscribe, um, and check out weekly episodes of the talks of Taylor Hendricks podcast. Cause we don't do this all the time, but I make it a point too. Here we go. The first question is a doozy. Someone asked me, what do you think is missing from today's pro wrestling, um, sort of, I don't know, I guess like realm you could say. Um, and okay. Paying dues. This is something I've talked about before, but in a different way. (sighs) Paying dues is not a bad thing. And I'm not like some jaded old school, like, Oh, you gotta pay dues kid. Like, no, I think paying dues keeps you grounded and keeps your appreciation levels at a very healthy, um, with a, a very healthy expectation. Um, and the reason why I say it in that manner, as I just broke my nail, is because of something that we recently talked about on, I believe, the last q and I see so many younger talents either getting a big head way too fast, and it's actually hurting their career long-term, and they don't see it yet because they're too caught up in their big head. Or... I see these stars that deserve more than what they're getting, and they got too much too fast too soon, didn't know how to navigate it and handle it and use it in the right trajectory in an upward momentum, and now they're stuck because that all of a sudden stopped and they're fizzling out, their stars burning too bright too fast and they're fizzling out. These things would not happen as often or with such frequency as they are right now if more people were paying dues. And that's the problem... Um, with success and progress. I think the quote, my grandfather used to say it, I think it, it it was something to the effect of, I was so little, I was probably like three and four years old when I was hearing this. Um, Strong men create good times. Um, good times create weak men and weak men create hard times. Um, I believe that's what it was. And I think that that not only applies to society, but it also applies to the wrestling industry. You know, so many different women fought so hard for there to be more opportunities. And lo and behold, we are in that today. We are currently, as women in wrestling, for example, this is just one of numerous examples. This isn't an I am woman, hear me reward thing. Um, at one point in time, there weren't really spots for women anymore. Somehow the business has gone from very, like, lots of spots for women who could actually, you know, follow through with it to starting to slow fizzle down to virtually none. And then all of a sudden more women coming back in and it starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And now we're living the dreams of others in this business as women. There's so much more opportunity today than what there was say 10 years ago and 15 years ago. And believe I was in the business over 15 years ago. So I would know. Okay, you know, if you were a girl in the Midwest, you know, 15 and 16 years ago, you you were struggling, honey, you know, because even even like eight years ago, there wasn't a lot of the girls in the Midwest, for example. Um, I remember feeling so spoiled uh, because when I came in um, in New Bedford on the East Coast in Massachusetts, there was like six girls wrestling right that were right located in my hometown alone. You know, and that's not including the girls from other parts of Massachusetts and New Hampshire and Connecticut and New Jersey and New York and Vermont, so forth and so on. Not really so much Vermont, but you get the idea. You know, the potential was there. I mean, we were just a five-hour drive outside of Philly. You know, it was so easy to navigate. The Midwest and the West Coast didn't really have that because the West Coast is so huge and then the Midwest is so vast and there wasn't, even though there's a lot of promotions, there wasn't a lot of women uh, that could go. So I think... with that progress and progression of opportunity, it's led to less paying dues and more girls just automatically getting the go that not a lot of men get. Um, on the indies specifically on TV, I think they get the better end of the stick as opposed to women, but on the indies, the women get the much better end of the stick than the men. And not a lot of people talk about that. So paying dues, this would prevent a lot of stars from fizzling out and burning out too fast. That is, it makes me sad because I'm actually working with someone right now who has felt that way for a couple years and they didn't understand that that's what they were feeling. And I've been working, Uh, with them to turn that around and reinvent themselves and come back smarter and bigger and better and rejuvenated and reinvigorated and and even more passionate and dedicated to what they do because that passion and dedication was already there. They just didn't really understand what was going on um, in their career for them and to them. They didn't understand the reasons why. And we don't have enough people helping with that. And one of those things is in fact paying dues. Um, I mean, you, you can't be afraid to pay dues to an industry that you love. I carried people's bags. I bought people's coffees. I drove people. I went to seminars. I did shows for free. Um, you know, I I paid for so many different seminars to learn from people that I felt were more successful and more knowledgeable than myself. Um, you know, I went through all the hazing and, and everything. I did it all. I did chop shop. and I, I, I legitimately did it all. Um, and even though it wasn't pleasant most of the time, I don't think I would I would have it any other way. I I honestly don't. So yeah, that is missing and it's detrimental. Not the chop shop thing, but a lot of the other stuff okay um (laughs) another person asked me tell us about the time when you went blind and deaf okay i think this person or i don't think i i know that this person is referencing an injury that i had discussed on last week's episode where i was in a match with a woman that was a lot bigger and stronger than me and that's not an experience i had very often Um, I was always the taller girl usually, and I'm not crazy tall, but I'm five foot seven. Um, I always wanted to be like five foot nine, five foot 10. I thought like being in wrestling at that height would really set me apart. Uh, (laughs) but I am the shortest girl in my immediate family with my mother and my sister and stuff, which is kind of funny, but anyway, so that was a different experience. I wasn't used to wrestling women that were taller and, and so much stronger than me. And I don't think she really understood her body and her strength. At least I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt without assuming that it was on purpose um, because I, I, I just didn't get that vibe from her that it was. I, I've been hurt on purpose by people, but this just was not the vibe that I got from her. Um, I think her inexperience, but she was being pushed. So she felt like she was at a level that she really wasn't kind of like a big head sort of thing. Um, but I don't think it was a big head. I just think, you know, she was believing the hype, basically. Um, in the combin in combination with, you know, not knowing the true extent of her strength in the ring and forgetting that it's a partnership and that you should listen to the person with more experience. She wasn't doing any of those things. And at one point she kind of just went rogue and she was doing her stuff and she short arm clothesline me. <laughs> A short arm clothesline is you grab them, you pull them in and you clothesline them down. Hence, short arm clothesline. It's not just a regular running clothesline or standstill clothesline. And she didn't let go and let me take my own bum. So she basically drilled my head down into the mat and I was concussed and I couldn't see out of one of my eyes. And this was I believe after the the match is very hazy for me um this was either before or after she threw me into the pole head first while holding my arms so I could not protect myself like at all, uh which was very disconcerting. It's like chill out, calm down, listen, stop, <laughs> but none of those things were happening. Um, I remember telling my ref, who is one of my all-time favorite refs of my career, he's he's like top three as far as my favorite referees are concerned, and he's now living his best life at WWE, which is absolutely amazing, you guys, like he won that for years, so to see him just... Married, happy, living his best life, his childhood dream. To me, that's just wonderful. I think we need more stories like that. Anyways, um, I tell him, I'm like, hey, Chris, I am hurt. I am hurt bad. you got to tell her not to bump me. I am, I'm legit hurt. Like, I'm not healing out right now. Like, I am hurt. And he can see that because normally I'll work through almost anything. And he knows that, but this was, this was different. And he, he like, I could see the look on his face change and he goes, oh, he's like, she's hurt. She's hurt. Don't bump her. And he's like, like telling her, no, no, don't bump her. And she's hurt and He's, he's throwing this up and she's not listening. And then she continues with all the preplanned nonsense and stuff. And then we also have a slap spot and her slap spot is how I ended up deaf Um, she did something she wasn't supposed to where you're not supposed to hit people in the ear. You can rupture the eardrum and all this other stuff, right? And you're not really supposed to hit the jaw hard because you can dislocate the person's jaw, which has happened to me. Um, the best place to do it is here and do it really fast so that, you know, people don't notice that that's where you hit them. So, yeah, she cupped my ear. I lost hearing in the ear and on the, I believe it was the same side, I lost sight in my eye and I was concussed. Um, I remember Al Snow, like, checking my eyes and stuff and, and confirming that I was, in fact, concussed, and, yeah, I left that venue that night, uh, I, I say I was struck deaf, dumb, and stupid, but that's because that's how it felt, I was blind in one eye, I was deaf in one ear, and I was concussed, um, and that was really, really difficult for me. Uh, the eyesight for the most part came back the next day, but it took months, um, because there was uh, nerve damage to my ear. I had to see like an ENT doc and all this other stuff. Um, and to this day, I still don't have like full sight the way I should. And I am partially deaf on that side. Um, so that's, that's the story. Uh, <laughs> that's the story folks. Um, and that's why, you know, you have to be really careful with, with who you're wrestling and what you're doing in the ring, because, you know, you're one second away from permanent injury, career ending, or even death. And that's really scary. So you have to trust the people that you're working with. Um, and don't do, don't do stupid shiz it just for the sake of a cheap pot that nobody's going to remember six months to a year from now. Like, is it really worth your life? But Hey, what do I know? <laughs> Another person asked me, what is a misnomer that you wish more people knew? Okay. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I sometimes get like heartburn or like acid reflux, which triggers my asthma, which triggers my restrictive lung disease. And I guess this whole cascading thing, right? Well, apparently what a lot of people don't actually know, and I didn't learn until about a year ago, is the fact that when you have things like heartburn and acid reflux, nine times out of 10, I'm not a doctor. So look this up for yourself. um, It's because you actually don't have enough stomach acid to fully perform in your digestive system. Like a lot of times they tell you, oh, it's too much acid. You go to decrease the acid. But I think that's people telling you to make you more sick. Um, yeah, that it, it's actually apparently because you don't have enough of it. Not because you have too much. Um, isn't that interesting? That is definitely a misnomer that I wish more people would look up and learn about. What is one chore that you love and one chore that you hate? This is fun. I absolutely love matching socks. I know it's weird. I know it's weird. Even Mama Hendrix thinks it's weird. But ever since I was a kid, I just find it soothing and relaxing. It's like the household chore version of Dr. Pimple Popper for me. I don't know why. Like, I have always, always loved matching socks. I find it very, like, uh, therapeutic. Sorry, I have, like, dog fur in my face. <sighs> um, One chore I hate. I hate anything anything to do with dishes, guys. I can't stand it. And I'm also a neat freak and germaphobe that hates dishes sitting in the sink, but I am so busy that a lot of times this will end up happening and I can't stand it. I hate washing the dishes. It makes my skin itchy. I hate doing the dishes. I hate drying the dishes. I hate putting the dishes away. I hate touching dirty dishes to put them in the dishwasher. I hate taking clean dishes that might be a little bit damp out of the dishwasher and putting them away. I cannot stand it. I can't stand it. I hate it. And unfortunately, I love to cook and I love to bake. So doing that thing is, you know, something I just had to get used to. But it doesn't mean I like it. Can't stand it. <laughs> um, thoughts on the OVW Netflix special? Uh, okay, guys, I think I was already just like pumping it in the intro to this episode. I am so stoked about it. I had no idea. Um, I also thought it was so amazing that the kick-ass awesome, amazing woman that she is. Maria James actually put me over and some other people that are in our own way successful that spent time at OVW. To me, that was so heartwarming because I feel like I get forgotten. Um, And there was so much more I wanted to give to OVW, but they weren't really in the creative space that they are now. Like I am so jealous of what all of these people are getting at OVW now. Like I think so many of us women really wanted that back then. And a lot of the stars really did, but it just wasn't happening then, but it is now. So I'm a little bit jelly, but I'm also so excited because this is going to keep it's, it's not just its legitimacy, but also its legacy, you know, to another hungry generation. And you can't be mad at that. You know what I mean? Sorry, guys. I like to play with my hair. So sorry about that. But yeah, I, I just, I am so excited about it. I think it's so amazing. The more Um, buzz they get, the more that they're going to keep doing great things in the business. And I think schools like Monster Factory, like Ohio Valley Wrestling, um, like Hernandez's school, I think more schools like that that exist in the business, they'll help make the business better. And I can't hate on that because I've given my life to, I've given everything that I've had to this business. And so I don't want it to see its death and destruction. You know, I want to see it prosper and thrive and be better than how I came into it. Um and so yeah that's to me what I am really excited about. Okay. Who is a WWE or AEW star that you would like to wrestle in the future? I would love to wrestle Natty, Asuka. Um I love interacting with her on social media. She's a super cool chick. Um I really want to wrestle with Lana. I think she gets a real crappy end of the stick and she puts so much um Energy and dedication and passion into learning how to wrestle, and fans were not kind, so shame on those fans. Um, let me see here. I would also like to wrestle with Becky and Lita and Trish, of course. I mean, that goes kind of without saying, you know. Um, let me see here. There's a bunch of women at NXT. I really would like to wrestle with Mandy Rose. I also feel like she didn't get as full credit as she deserves. I think when she went back to NXT, she was doing some really great stuff and she was passing on. I think I think a lot of the skills and knowledge that she was passing on for television a lot of people don't understand how valuable that stuff actually is. Like I can tell you that could have taken several years of standstill that felt like failure off of my career and helped me get on my track to success a lot sooner than it did had I had had someone passing on that kind of knowledge that Mandy was passing on to other people at NXT. Um, And I can tell you that firsthand because I know some of the skills and stuff she was passing to like Gigi Dolan and JC Jane and some others that she was working with. Um, So I would totally work with her. Um, I always wanted to work with Toni Storm. I like her look. I like her vibe. I think that would be fun. Um, There's a lot. There's too many to list in this one (laughs) Q&A. Um, okay, this person has a really loaded question. Uh, basically, they're asking me, what is my thought? What are my thoughts and opinions on AEW only doing like one women's match per like AEW dynamiting collision, etc. And apparently they asked the Eve owner his thoughts on it. And he felt like it might come down to like some sort of business decision. And perhaps Tony Khan thinking that you know, women's wrestling doesn't draw those are his 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 viewpoints, supposedly according to the person that asked this question i'm not sure if they're referring to pro wrestling eve or or what but oh my gosh i'm so itchy guys i'm allergic to my dogs i'm like i'm actually actually when i moved to ovw is when i developed allergies i was never allergic to dogs before moving to kentucky i got allergic to grass dogs hay and and some other stuff so yeah it's like oh Like, really? Really? Uh, But anyway, um, so yeah, if you see me doing this, I apologize. But I am itchy. That's what I get for loving on my dogs before starting this episode. But I love them. Okay, so I think this is a multifaceted uh, question that deserves a multi-pronged approach, if that makes sense. Because I am not Tony Khan, and I'm also not in the back at AEW. But I have been a woman in wrestling since I was 17 years old. I was still in high school. I was innocent... If you understand what I mean. Um, I had no business being in wrestling and I have actually had people say to I've had individuals say to my face that uh women's wrestling doesn't belong on TV and you aren't wanted here. I've legit had that said to me uh by a couple different people, some of whom are actually still actively in positions of power today in the wrestling industry. So um I'm not surprised honestly, I'm not surprised. Um, do I think the women automatically deserve to be on TV just because they're women? No, I think that's something that you do have to earn, but I don't think it should be harder than the men. Like there are some men on TV that probably shouldn't be on TV. Um, I also think OVW, uh, not OVW, AEW has such a huge roster that you cannot, there's, you cannot have like everybody on TV every single week. And when the roster keeps growing and growing and growing and viewership might be going down, that's not necessarily the fault of the women, but it's obviously going to fall on the backs of the women because that's just how it always goes. That's, that's how it's been going for years. I think just people weren't really, uh, paying attention or smartening up to it. Okay. Um, this was, this is like every, I've seen it in every promotion that I've been in, uh, almost. So uh, do I think women deserve more than one match on TV? Yeah. I mean, the, the most viewed, the most appearances in the top, uh, viewed ROH matches, for example, were women of honor. There was only a few, uh, men's matches on there. And I think I made three appearances in the top five. I worked really hard for that. Um, and that's not something anybody can take away from us and you can turn around and say, Oh, you know, it's because you have this and this and whatnot. Well, what's the excuse when I'm wearing a t-shirt and you can't see anything? My, my interactions on social media have not gone down. Uh, it's, so what's the excuse then? You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be an excuse and a negative reason for people to try to discredit you and dehumanize you and, and so forth. The trick is to not listen, um, honestly, because it's their opinion and their opinions aren't going to change unless they want to. So I can't say with certainty what the exact reason is. For Tony Khan only having one women's match. Do I think they have the depth and talent to have more than one match? Absolutely. I don't see why there can't be two women's matches per per show. You know what I mean? But also, I think sometimes men... that that takes away from them and they shouldn't think that way because if women are adding more eyeballs, even it's because people think they're hot and they're not necessarily tuned in for the wrestling, but they stay for the wrestling, it's a win-win for everyone because more viewership to your company means more longevity for your company, which means more opportunity for your company and more opportunity and longevity for your company means more pay, more TV time and more opportunity for you and the industry that you supposedly love. So for all the people that are always like, oh, we're in wrestling, we're a family, well then act like it. Um, And start, you know, defending your brothers and sisters in the right ways and speak out, see something, say something. You know what I'm saying? Um, But yeah, I can't disagree with the Eve owner, but I can't confirm that that's exactly the reason either because I'm not back there. And I don't speak on things that I do not know. And that's something that people, more people should practice. (laughs) Um, but yeah, is, is what's going on a completely new issue? No, no, this has been going on for so long. I think just more people are finally starting to notice because like we talked about earlier with what's missing today from wrestling, there's more opportunity for women now. So there's more eyeballs noticing when that opportunity looks a little wonky. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, I think that's a very legitimate question. It's a great question. Do I think they have the potential to have more than one match per show? Absolutely. Uh, Do I think certain things are getting oversaturated? Absolutely. Do I think it's a problem when more money is going out than coming in? Absolutely. Do I think it's a problem when your roster gets too big? So then stars are getting their potential potentially wasted because they're sitting at home not being used. all this other stuff while other people that aren't even signed are getting more tv time than them yeah it's a problem there's a lot of different things that could solve this exact issue um but that's only if people want it only if the right people want it to be solved um so yeah but i do wish them luck i think there's a lot of really hard working women there and i think that they deserve the opportunities that they have earned see see deserve and earned are two different things i think they deserve opportunities to earn Uh, the ability to be able to prove their value to the company and to women's wrestling and to show their unique abilities as individuals and characters, as well as their, their talents backstage for being, you know, leaders in a locker room or, you know, uh, coaches and all kinds of things like that. Um, Another person asked me, have I ever lost sleep before matches? All the time. I, I, I developed insomnia because of the wrestling industry, like from the wrestling loops and people playing tricks on you if you fall asleep and videotaping you and all kinds of stuff. Um, And to just, you know, being on the road by yourself. I remember this one loop that took me from uh, Boston to Michigan, uh, Michigan to Chicago, Chicago to Canada, back to Chicago, then from Canada, Chicago, back to Michigan, then back to Boston from Boston to New Hampshire, from New Hampshire to New York, New York, back to Boston. That was a loop that I did completely by myself. It was a lot. It was a lot. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I always had like performance anxiety. And honestly, I like it because it just means that I care still. And it means I'm still passionate about what I do. But I don't let my jitters, you know, get in the way. I just get jittery like I want the match to be over so then I know how it went you know that sort of thing but I put so much into it so I don't think it's a bad thing that I get nervous um but I also don't make other people nervous like I'm very calm and collected so I'll be that person that says we're going in one way and we're coming out the same I got you I will talk the whole time even though I have asthma and lung disease I will legitimately talk to you the entire time and I do and if something goes wrong, I cover it up. If I know that it can't be covered up because it's too obvious, I acknowledge it and I make the fans laugh and boo and all this other stuff and I make them a part of the mess up and I continue on. Um, I'm very confident in that. Like I, I remember I covered up a dive went wrong with Diana Peraza one time. Uh, the ropes were not the way they were supposed to be. And we didn't have time to change the spot because we had a specific set of time for our block on our part of the show. And so there was an executive decision for her to still do this dive that she didn't normally do. And the ropes caught her feet because they weren't done properly. It Like, this wasn't even Deanna's fault. But it did something that also happened to Ruby Soho on a different show where uh, her feet on the same dive got clipped and it made her, like, boomerang down like this, like... And her face, like, hit the metal framing of the ring. Um, I saw that happen at Ruby Soho. But this one for Deanna, it made her, her, her house show dive, her cannibal house show dive, like, completely go wrong. And so then I had to cover up the action uh, and stuff. And I I just remember feeling so badly because it it wasn't even her fault, you know? So stuff like that. Um, I want a girl, uh, messed up my ginger snap one time and there was no way to fix it. So I I remember like standing up like this and I was like, well, she done up. And like the whole crowd was like, you fucked up. And I was like, louder. Like, it was just great. You know, sometimes you got to own it. Uh, but yeah, totally lost sleep all, all the time. Do I have any Native American or Slavic Scandinavian heritage? This is not the first time that I have been asked this. I've had quite a few people ask me that based on the my facial structure and my cheekbones and stuff. I don't know, but um, I wouldn't be surprised considering how long my family has been in Massachusetts. Um, and from what I understand, I have a lot of uh, Western European heritage. So, I mean, there, there there's definitely potential for me to have some sort of uh Native American uh heritage running through my veins. They're Slinky uh, saying hello to everybody uh in the Taylor Army on this episode. He is normally like a sleepy little wiener. Uh he loves to take naps whenever I do my podcast and Sally's usually like, I wanna say hi everybody. And he's just like eh, eh. been there, done that. It's funny. They have such different personalities. Um advice for talking to a crush listen what's the worst that can happen they tell you no or they say something that slightly embarrasses you short term like you'll get over it at some point you know so just talk to them if you want to or just let it pass sometimes crushes are just temporary so it's really honestly up to you like but honestly though what's the worst that can happen do it so you're not constantly thinking about it and move forward if they say no it's no you know what i mean you don't necessarily have to chase and you don't have to be worried you know just because if they're not interested they're not interested it doesn't make you any less valuable as a person or or anything like that and if they're mean about it then they definitely weren't for you and you should be thanking lucky stars that that didn't go through because you do you really want to be connected uh long term to a person that is mean like that to you probably not right so what's the worst that can happen they reveal how they truly feel or they reveal who they truly are. And then you can take off those rose colored goggles and see them for who they are. What is the worst that can happen? Uh, let me see. What is uh, advice for memorizing materials for tests? Okay. I, um, I had memory issues, uh, and so one of my favorite ways to memorize things, even before all of my wrestling concussions, was actually scientifically proven. A teacher taught us it, and then we looked it up on Google, and it was right there. Um, One of the things is to write down notes, right, and then go over those notes every single day. Um, And what you want to do is read those notes out loud and then rewrite them. If you repeat something out loud instead of just reading it silently to yourself and then if you rewrite it, you have almost a 40% chance of remembering the material. Um, I know it was like at least 20% chance if you say it out loud over and over and over. There's like a subconscious link to writing it down and then saying it out loud. There's like a subconscious link. You can actually look it up. Um, I thought that was really fascinating when we learned that in high school. So from high school on, that's exactly what I did for any sort of exams or say there was a really good quote that I wanted to somehow work into a wrestling promo or something. That's what I would do. Um, another person asked me, since I like Resident Evil, have I ever played the game? I don't remember if I've played the game or not, but here's the thing. I like video games, but they do not like me. I am not good at video games. My sister is insanely great at video games. I, on the other hand, am not. Um, I could... If it's not Tetris or, like, Mario Party or Mario Kart, like, I'm not. And even even Mario Kart, I struggle. So I am just... I'm just not great at it. It is not in my wheelhouse. I am jealous of people that can be on Twitch and do all the, but it's just not my thing. Um, what would I say about gaining friends? Well, why do you need to gain friends first and foremost? Like, what is it about you that you aren't fulfilling for yourself that you feel like you need to actively go out and seek friends? Sometimes the best of friends end up finding you randomly instead of you going out. Anytime I had to pursue friends. They ended up being the opposite of friends, Um, and it was kind of detrimental. And so sometimes that can be a real liability. So look within yourself first and figure out what it is that you are not providing for yourself, what is missing for you. Because don't forget, a lot of this stuff on social media is fake. A lot of this stuff in movies and TV shows and commercials and stuff, it's fake. It's not real okay it's not real as much as people like to say wrestling isn't real like all this propaganda you're being fed also isn't real like when you understand how many kids were detrimentally negatively affected by their preconceived notions of high school based off of watching saved by the bell before going to high school you'll realize how much that has been programmed into us for us to seek out but it doesn't really work um so i'm not saying don't have any friends and avoid people i'm not saying that but i'm just saying figure out how to be your own good company first and like being your own company before you go out and trying to seek the approval and friendship of others that you maybe shouldn't be friends with because they, they're they probably not the best for you. What was the last thing I cooked? Okay, I have this delicious go to dish. It is a creamy chicken and rice skillet dish. It's all in one, so it's very easy. Not a lot of dishes, not a lot of maintenance. I love it. It is so yummy. So I made that recently, um, a few days ago, without not the few days ago, it was yesterday actually, without the chicken, um, I do like peas and carrots and kale in it and it's so creamy, it's yummy, I absolutely love it, it's super easy and what I do is I actually make these, um, homemade garlic and herb biscuit rolls to go with it, it is one of my favorite go-tos because you can make a lot of it and then you have lunches and leftovers for several days which helps you save money and time which I love. I really gotta bring back, uh, Taylor's Tiny Kitchen, I really gotta bring that back. Um, what is my favorite part of living tiny? Okay. So for those of you that do not know, I live in a tiny house on wheels. Um, so I love just the freedom it provides me and the lifestyle. And I just love that it's mine. I love that it's mine. You know, I talked about it for years and then I went and did it because... I'm a person that is about the things that they say, and I back it up with my actions. And I talked for years. I was obsessed with the tiny house movement. I I watched all those HGTV shows and house hunter shows and and the the container homes and the RV livings and all that stuff. I love it. So I did it. And I I absolutely love it. I think that's my favorite part is that it's mine. You know, it's, it's mine. It's my own little movable slice of heaven. I guess is what I would say. Uh, this has been so much fun. I love it. It's just a kind of a little break from the normal, uh, not platform. What's the word? Like the normal schedule, I guess, for Talks with Taylor Hendricks, where we do all kinds of different topics. So now uh, we're going to head back in. Someone asked me, since I watch stand-up almost every day, who are some of my favorites? Um. Okay, Bill Burr. Like he is so low-key diabolically funny. It's, it's insane. Uh, George Carlin, uh, let me see, Ari Spears, uh, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, uh, uh Nick Swardson, um, uh, Matt Riff, Rife, something like that, um, Jimmy, uh, is it Jimmy Chang? He is so funny. He is from that, that show Silicon Valley and, um, love hard on uh, Netflix and stuff. I think he is hilarious. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, I guess I would start there. Oh yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. He, uh, Brandon, no Brad, Brad something. He is Oh my God, he's so funny. He is so funny. The Like his self-deprecating sense of humor is hilarious. But then he also, uh, he also, you know, draws attention to real issues that do make you laugh. So I love it. Um, I would start there. If you want more comedians, I will go through because I watch them on YouTube a lot, as well as their specials with like Netflix and everything else. So if you want more of those, what I can do is actually make you a list. But I listen to them on Pandora almost every day. And I watch them on YouTube while I'm doing other things and stuff. And I just laugh. Nonstop and laughter, it really is great medicine. Um, I listen to awesome music and I listen to stand-up pretty much every single day, and it really helps with you know just positivity and you know, just your whole the whole vibe of the environment that you're in and stuff, and I just really love that. It really just keeps me going. Um let me see here. Another person asked me if I would ever do another feud of Mandy Leon. Yeah, I totally welcome that. Why not? Why not? Um, I think Mandy doesn't really get a lot of the credit that she deserves. I've said that before. I just said it again. And I mean it. And I stand by it. Um, I have no qualms with Mandy at all. I would totally do another, um, another feud with her. I think that was, in my opinion, the best feud that they had in Women of Honor. Completely, in my opinion, uh, because it, it took its time. There was a lot of storytelling and like people legit thought I did not like her. Like, that's what was really funny. Like we <laughs> we were at a WrestleCon and I was booked um, for a signing with Queens of Combat because I was one of their champions at the time. And so I was talking up that feud and fans actually went over to her at a different part of the room because she had booked her own table. And they were like telling her I was talking all this shizit and stuff like that. Like they didn't realize that that was like literally just like for the gimmick. We were in a storyline. Um, I actually stopped doing that because people couldn't break me from the character. Um, like a lot of people still to this day think that that character is legitimate, legitimately me. And I'm like, Guys, when you live your character, like, that goes really badly for you long-term. Like, there's a difference between Taylor Hendricks and who Taylor actually is. Like, come on! Uh, But yeah, that was so funny. I had to be like, like, even Chelsea came over to me and was like, hey, like, this fan was, like, saying, like, this, this, and this, and another fan said this. And I was like, yeah, it's a work, bro. Like, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I would totally do another feud with her. I think that we could have kept, like, that that whole feud going. I, I really had a cool ending that I was really hoping would happen. That would be awesome. Uh, do I think wrestling passed me by? No, no, not at all. I mean, I'm writing for Fightful. I mean, the last few features I did got more than 70. I think, oh, by now they're at about 80,000 views. Uh, so, so I mean, analytics don't lie. Numbers don't lie. And they don't care about your feelings of me. Like I'm writing about wrestling. I talk about wrestling. I am employed by one of the people that was helping write when wrestling beat the NFL in ratings. Like And I can wrestle almost anywhere I want. I do not think that wrestling passed me by. I just think how I look at wrestling changed. Um, But I don't think that that means that the business passed me by. I think that I gave everything I had, including like one of the ultimate sacrifices. And it never loved me. Uh, And wrestling, that's the thing. Wrestling doesn't love anybody but itself. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And they don't want to admit that while they're in it, but in the thick of it, but it never loves you the way you love it basically it's very one-sided and it doesn't owe you anything so a lot of people think wrestling owes them something wrestling doesn't owe them anything so it'll go on with or without you um but as far as passing me by no i am more active in a bunch of different aspects of the wrestling industry like people don't even understand like i'm the reason why some people get to eat they don't know that but i know that (laughs) (laughs) um what do you, what should i think when people say i have changed well it depends on who these people are and what their intent behind that is are they being negative Um, How do you feel about yourself and and why do you think you feel the need to psychoanalyze them saying you've changed? Um, Actually, Santana Garrett actually recently had a post very similar to this in a positive way about people saying she's changed. I think change is beautiful. I think healing is change that you do choose, whereas trauma is change that you don't choose. The thing about science and life is that the only constant in science, the only constant in life is change. Uh, you constantly change throughout your life. If I meet you at 35 and you're still the same exact being that you were at five, there, there's something wrong with that. Okay. Life is about growing and it's about changing. A lot of people say people don't change. That's not true. People change every day. People change all the time based on, you know, their perceptions of reality, both inside and, and, and outward. They, uh, they change based on circumstances, things that happen, viewpoints, uh, maturity, all kinds of different things. I think what they mean when they say that people don't truly change is that people don't want a lot of people don't want to change they're comfortable with being miserable um and that's why i think a lot of times the old saying is true uh, nothing good comes from comfort zones because it is true nothing good comes like no personal growth comes from staying comfortable Um, you have to constantly be trying to learn different skills and get better. And that helps with your brain, your mental capacity, your critical thinking, your overall success, personally and professionally, financially, emotionally, spiritually, everything. Um, so maybe a better question is like, are they being negative about the ways that you've changed, but you know that you're doing better in life personally and professionally, then maybe those people aren't really for you. And they don't like that you're now doing better because maybe you're doing better than them. Or maybe it's because you you're less, they're less able to take advantage of you. That is a big thing I see a lot in wrestling, um, in life in general, you know, when people are so used to getting what they want from you and suddenly they can't do that, or they feel like that's that status quo is in jeopardy. Yeah. They're going to say you've changed and they're going to phrase it in a bad way but that might not actually mean that it's bad it just might mean that it's bad for their intentions and their needs but you have to focus on your growth and your changes as a person make sure you're the best version of yourself um for you and for the kid that you used to be you got to show up you know my thoughts on vince russo all right listen a lot of people are going to think this is like paid for or whatever but (laughs) i have known vince russo even predating being a part of the brand family. Okay. I have never once ever been disrespected by Vince Russo. I have never once had an issue with working with Vince Russo, even when people gave me heat for it. Um, Vince Russo has never had an unkind word said to me or about me. I have never created issues for him at all and I have never had anything but the utmost respect for him, his wife, their kids and their his kids' kids, you know, and his, his father. You know, I, I think people forget that Vince Russo is a person. And even if you don't like his views on wrestling, it doesn't mean that they're not coming from a legitimate place. Like he has done more successful things in wrestling than most of the, a lot of the people that you're seeing on TV today, as far as contributions to the business. I mean, he was literally helping write wrestling on television when the pretty much the only time that, that we were beating the NFL in ratings, which was the number one program on television. That's a big deal. That is a big, that's a huge deal. That's a game-changing deal, okay? Um, I have never once had uh, a bad experience or anything. Like, I actually genuinely enjoy getting to work with Vince Russo, (laughs) exchange ideas with Vince Russo, to disagree with Vince Russo. And it's all polite discourse. I think the world will be a better place when people can remember how to be adults, you know? Um, I actually, before I even started working for the brand, I used to send stuff to Vince Russo to get his critiques and stuff. I used to send stuff to Les Thatcher. Um, I used to, back in the day, not name more, but send stuff to Jim Cornette. I, you know, uh, I, I have never once had an issue with uh, Vince Russo. I have never had an issue with Bruce Pritchard or Eric Eric Bischoff. Like they have all been incredibly great to me. Um, And Tom Pritchard as well. I used to get really, really good critiques and advice from him as well. Um, And even Kevin Kelly, I used to get a lot of really good critiques and stuff from him. But as far as working with Vince Russo in particular, I have never ever, in the years that I've been working with him, had any bad experience, any misgivings or anything. I have been treated with nothing but kindness, empathy, respect, professionalism, camaraderie, everything. And it's, it's provided me this opportunity to get to show people who I truly am on a consistent basis, as opposed to what the business has tried so hard to get you guys to believe that I am. And, and I owe that to Vince Russo and, and to myself as well, and to my fans. Um, I think Vince Russo, like a lot of people, gets the crap under the stick in wrestling because they're not a part of the status quo. They're not following the, you know, the crowd. You know what I mean? And, And wrestling doesn't like that. Wrestling doesn't like the outliers, even though people think glorify that and think it's cool. It's not because you're, you're, you're constantly getting barraged with negativity and people that won't even give you the time of day that you have earned and deserve and they try to dehumanize you and discredit you. They'll say you're difficult to deal with and difficult to work with and, and, and all this other stuff, but really that just means you're difficult to take advantage of because you've seen what, what truly is and you're no longer drunk on the Kool-Aid of the cult, basically. Um, so yeah, I have no misgivings. Um, my thoughts on Vince Russo are exactly what I just said. I have not ever ever had an issue with Vince Russo. And honestly, I've been, I was sending my stuff to him for years before I even worked for the brand. I have never once felt attacked by him. I've never felt once felt awkward or unprofessional or, or anything. Like he has always been somebody that gives to people that seek it out and want to receive the information and learn from the opportunities and give back. I just think people don't want to see him that way. And it's a real shame because there's a lot that could be helped with more people like Vince Russo, um, if they were still stay in the business and people would be willing to receive that information. Very similar to stuff I said in the article that I wrote for Fightful about Hernandez, how we need more veterans like Hernandez in the business. It's the same way I feel about Vince Russo. Um, another person asked me, do I still deal with the fallout from injuries from wrestling every single day? Um, I don't, um, in, in different Motivation Mondays that we've had on this podcast and on my YouTube channel, and even in my blog on Medium and in certain articles that I've written for Fightful, like I believe recently I wrote one called The Longevity of the Pro-Wrestling Dream, I have mentioned, um this phrase, you know, paying the daily rent for the success that you want someday. And what that basically means is, is motivation, consistency, and discipline, and what all of that entails to ultimately get what you want someday. You know, it's a give and take. And sometimes when people become successful, they don't realize the certain things that come along with it. Like, for example, as much as you might not like the Kardashians, a lot of people would say that Kim Kardashian is extremely successful in every sense of the word, right? But would it, would it, do you understand that there's certain things that you can do working your nine to five job that Kim Kardashian can't do no matter how successful she is? Because if she says some of the things that you say or do some of the things that you do, she could lose everything. So yeah, she might be living it up. She might be super successful in your eyes. But in reality, it's, it's a prison of your own making, so to speak, when you do go after your dreams, because you have to understand the sacrifices that you're asking yourself, Your future self, your future family, as well as your pre existing family to make for you to have that dream. Um, This goes for NFL players, boxing, MMA, even the MLB and and soccer and pro wrestling and everything else. You are going to, you might not feel it right now, but you're going to feel it 5, 10, 20, 50 years from now. And when you can't wrestle anymore and nobody wants to pay for your photo anymore, people might not even remember you anymore, how are you going to pay the bills? You can't really walk you have memory problems, you can't remember your kids' names. Like these are all actual realities, okay? Any broken bone is is more susceptible to damage, torn ligaments, all of it. It all adds up. It's a compound interest, except we're not talking stocks here. We're talking about the daily rent for the success that you want, okay? You're gonna miss birthdays, you're going to miss certain holidays or weddings or funerals and stuff because you're on the road, you're doing this, that, and the other, and you're dedicating so much And you have to understand that there is a great probability that you're not going to get as much back as you gave. And sometimes you have to have that brutally honest conversation where you ask yourself, is what I'm giving worth what I'm going to get later on? That's the daily rent for the success. Um, You know, there's just so much that goes into it. And yeah, I mean, I'm still to this day, partially deaf on one side. Um, you know, I have three herniated discs in my neck that cause pain every day. Um, you know, I have a fractured ankle. I have a a ligament, uh, issue around my lateral malleolus. Um, you know, I've got two shoulders that dislocate, a knee that dislocates, which is terrifying. Um, you know, plus, you know, anywhere from seven to nine concussions, you know, that all adds up. And I wasn't the riskiest wrestler. Um, I think I, I can count on one hand how many times I hurt people and I don't even need all five fingers to do it. So I was actually a very safe wrestler to work with. Um, so I can't even imagine the people that are constantly hurt and doing all these death crazy things. Like I can't imagine what their life is going to be like 30 years from now. And that's if they make it to 30 years from now, the life expectancy of professional athletes is so much less than people realize. Like it's not uncommon for you to pass away anywhere from your thirties to low seventies. When in reality, if you're in such peak shape and, and physical prowess and such a healthy example of a primal athlete, you should be living into your late seventies to nineties and who knows, maybe even longer. But that doesn't happen a lot, does it? And, and now more than ever, we're seeing a lot of the health issues and the damage and the, the havoc that gets wreaked with this lifestyle. So yes, um, if anybody's being honest, they'll tell you that they all deal with it. Um, and the thing is, is you don't know how it's going to compound a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now. That's something you really have to ask yourself. Um, another person asked me, uh, why didn't I use my tombstone pile driver in my, for the finish with my match against Santana at Lucha Patron? Uh, the answer is very simple. I did not feel comfortable doing it. Um, and I think that again, speaks to the fact that I have barely hurt anybody in my career and I'm in my thirties and I started when I was 17. Um, I didn't feel comfortable, um, doing it. Um, my hand and my strength on that side was not where I wanted it to be to execute that safely. So I made the executive decision to not use it. Uh, but see the cool thing about Santana is we at least tried it first. Um, and I told her like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable with it, especially because she had an injury very similar to mine in our necks. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. Um, my puppies want to be in on this episode so much. Hello, Sally Sausage and Slinky the Um, you know what? That seems like a great place to stop. So I hope everybody enjoyed going on this really fun episode journey with me Um, as we did the latest Q&A with my fans on the podcast Talks with Taylor Hendricks, which airs every Tuesday on russosbrand.com with channel attitude with yours truly, Taylor Hendricks. Uh, if you want to get in on future Q&As, don't forget to go on over to my youtube channel youtube.com slash at taylor hit the subscribe and notification button scroll down to the latest q a video hit the thumbs up button and then comment your question in the comments below for your chance to be featured on both my youtube channel and this podcast next week we're going to have the return of things like motivation uh did you know because i was today years old we're gonna have hollywood news and so much more including more q a questions so do not forget to get those in all right everybody i will talk to you next week talk soon (laughs) Boop, <laughs> boop,